0: What's up, what's up, what's up, welcome to the Mitch Davis Show, January 25th, we've got a very special edition ahead of the SEC Big 12 Challenge, we have Mr. Zach Ellis on the phone, he's the writer and digital media director of Vanderbilt Athletics, editor for Commodore Nation, and host of Commodore Insider Podcast, it's a great honor to have him on the show, we're going to talk all things Vanderbilt Athletics and preview the Vanderbilt and TCU game, I hope you enjoy this interview. All right, we are we are joined by Mr. Zach Ellis on the phone, Mr. Zach. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, bitch. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, it's a great pleasure. Excited to talk about a little Commodore Athletics right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, it's a good time to be a Commodore. Hey, exactly. So, you know, we're gonna dump into kind of the uh, elephant in the room a little bit. Talk about Vanderbilt's basketball woes this season, and how can they be fixed? And how you know, and they also lost Matthew Matthew Fisher. Kind of take us into that loss and how big of that was for the team. Yeah, I mean, that was
1: – certainly this season is not gone as the Cowboys wanted. I mean, they entered the year with three of their top uh, four scores coming back. Um, but they did lose Luke Cornett, who was an all-SEC center for them, a seven-footer, a really stretch of defense, uh, stroke the three when he needed to. But his presence has just really changed a lot, I think. Um, or his absence, I should say, has changed a lot for this team because for whatever reason the shooting was, have really been a problem for them. I mean, uh, under Bryce Drew, even before then with this particular roster – um, the three pointer has kind of been the um, the linchpin of this Vanderbilt team, and they own that. They know that when they shoot well, they play well. And this year, the the threes just have not have not been falling. Uh, you take a look at uh, the, the game earlier this week in Knoxville, where uh, you know Vanderbilt almost rallied to, to come back to twenty points down, they missed seventeen consecutive three pointers in that game. and That was just not certainly what you want at any level of basketball. But you know, you got you got guys like Riley, the chance, and, and Jeff Roberson. Seniors to know what they're doing. You, you mentioned uh, Matthew Fisher Davis. I mean, not having him for the rest of the season, and the rest of his Commodore career, hurts as well because he's a dangerous score. But I think you, you know, there hasn't been there that I think also losing Luke Cornette down low. As I mentioned, he was a seven footer, and, uh, you know, they just don't have as much veteran experience in the post. And guys like, you know, Jerry Baptiste and Ezekiel uh, Obina and uh, Cleveland Brown, guys that, you know, have shown flashes but don't have the overall uh, production experience you might want. I think they'll get better, but right now I think they're uh, they're playing the post, particularly defensively, and they're shooting from the outside. It's not been where they wanted, and that's
0: kind of spelled the, uh, the struggles for Vanderbilt this year. Yeah, and you know, and this is a definitely a different Vanderbilt team, like you kind of alluded to, um, with the three-point shooting. Usually Vanderbilt is just, you know, lights out, and a lot of teams in the SEC don't want to play Vanderbilt around this time of year because of that three-point shooting, and you know, I, th- I think you did kind of hit it on the on the head a little bit. So we're going to jump in. Um, we're also going to talk, you mentioned a little bit of the, you know, kind of next season or whatever. Talk about recruiting a little bit and the guys who have already signed. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's
1: going to be big uh, next year. No matter who Vanderbilt was to bring in, you're going to be losing three seniors in Matthew Fisher Davis, Rilo Chance, and Jeff Wilberson, who are just through and through what this program has needed this year in terms of their production when those guys aren't on this team has a lot of struggles and I think losing those guys is going to be tough but if you're going to lose seniors you'd want to bring in some really good talent and so far Bryce Drew has that um you know he, he has three guys <clears throat> signed right now in uh Darius Garland and Simi Shutu are, are two to five stars and he also has a four star in Aaron Nesmith I believe is his last name um as well that signed for them and so uh you know obviously the headliners of that class Darius Garland and Simi Shutu two top 15 players has only signed one five star consensus five star player and that was John Jenkins, I believe, back in two thousand nine. So having two of the same class already would make this far and away the best recruiting class for Bryce Drew. But there's, you know, still plenty to come on the horizon, they think. I mean there's there's more recruiting to be done before this class to be could be finished. But in terms of what they have signed, Garland and Shitu are two guys. Garland's a very, you know, uh, shifty guard on the outside can shoot can pass, can do a little bit of everything plays a lot of speed and then Sammy Schichter is a powerful uh, a small forward is a guy who can really seem like he can fly and, and do a lot on the boards and, and get up above the rim so if you look at those guys film you think they can be immediate immediate impact players but as a if you're having five star guys coming in and that's great Vanderbilt's going to lose three very, very good seniors this year that um, produced a lot. So I, I don't know if you can expect that this team's going to be automatically great next year just because of the five-star talent, just because those freshmen still have to adjust to the SEC,
0: which we've seen this year. The SEC's been pretty deep. Yeah, and the SEC is going to continue to get deeper. I mean, recruiting across the board has been phenomenal. You look at you know Kentucky missing out on the recruits that they've missed out on, And you also look to the bottom, you know, where Alabama where an Vanderbilt, you know, usually who doesn't recruit as well are getting the five star guys and the SEC talent wise is just only going to get better. So I I agree with that comment.
1: Yeah, it just feels that way. You know, you've seen top to bottom this year. You heard a lot of the coaches talk about you know, in league play, a record like a 13-5 and record might win the league this year. You're not seeing a team like a Kentucky run away with things. You're not seeing, you know, Florida run away with things. There's any week right now, uh, it, it seems like a team can win. Even Vanderbilt, which has spent most of the year at the SEC, has wins over LSU and, and Alabama, both of whom have also got to play wins on their resume. So it's hard to see right now that there are teams that are far and away better than the rest of the league. I think that's good for the league, though. It's good uh, it's good going forward, going into the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, as you remember last year, the, the, uh, this league having I guess it was three teams in eight, the and then a uh, the, uh, the team in the Final Four also in South Carolina. I mean, there was a lot to like about uh, you know about this league last year. I
0: think we're building on that in 2018, which looks even deeper in the SEC. Yeah, and you know, we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the basketball topic for uh, probably one more question here. You know Vanderbilt's got TCU this weekend and the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. How do you see Vanderbilt sacking up against TCU, and also how do you think the SEC will do? You know, I mean, the TCU is a really, really tough uh,
1: matchup for Vanderbilt. I mean, just based on you look at what the Horn Frogs are able to do this year, they can score the basketball almost as anybody. There. They're a, they're a top five team in the country in offensive efficiency for Tim Pomeroy, so in the country in three point shooting. Uh, that's where Vanderbilt, to think, it should be, and, and this year has not been, I and mean, then. Obviously, they're very good on the offensive rebounds as well. Don't allow a lot of second chances. I think that's going to hurt Vanderbilt in this game. It's going to be a challenge for this team, as I mentioned earlier, when you look at the uh, the, the lack of kind of veteran experience on the uh, uh, in the post. Uh, you, you saw a couple of weeks ago when Tennessee came into Memorial Mortal a relatively undersized uh, post player in Grant Williams, Tennessee, went in and scored a career high thirty-seven points in that game. I mean, this is just a team right now that defensively struggles a bit down low and I think when it comes to rebounding and uh, posting up it's, it's just a struggle point right now for the Commodore it's gonna be tough against TCU because of how well they are and how good they are at shooting and how good they are uh, on, on rebounding but in, in terms of I think the SEC in general kind of alluding to what I said in, in the last question this is just a deeper league right now the big 12 has always been I think about the last few years usually among the top among, at or among the top uh, in terms of the best conferences in college basketball usually throughout the season. And this year, it seems like that is no exception. You think about the Kansas the Oklahoma's guys like Trey Young, obviously, lighting it up. I mean, you look at some of the matchups, I'm intrigued by Texas a and Kansas. I mean, that A&M has not been as good as people thought they were earlier in the non-conference play, but going to Lawrence will be really tough for them. Uh, that Tennessee team that has been sort of a surprise as you're going to Iowa State. Will be interesting. I me mean, I think there's a lot. This is one of the better things college basketball does: is the SEC Big Twelve challenge. It's fun to kind of jump into some non-conference play in the middle of SEC play. I think this year will be no
0: exception. Yeah, and I agree with that. So we're going to change ships a little bit. Talk about Vanderbilt football and Vanderbilt baseball. What are the state of the programs, and what are you most looking forward to heading into the spring with those two sports? Well, I'll start with football.
1: I mean, uh, Vanderbilt football last year. I think most fans say it was a little bit of a disappointment. I mean, we look back last year, two seasons ago in 2016, <clears throat> reaching a bowl game, going to the uh, Independence Bowl in Shreveport. Um, people expected that maybe coming back with a pretty heavy uh, upper on roster here, they'd be able to do the same in 2017. But fell one win short of reaching a bowl. Still was able to finish off with a win in Knoxville against uh, against Tennessee and. That's always fun here for Commodore fans to do that. But, you know, I, I think going into this year, uh, when you go into spring practice, Vanderbilt's always one of those teams that kicked off spring a lot earlier than some teams. I believe it'll be uh, middle to late February when the Commodores will begin spring practice. And when you look at this roster, there will be few, if any, quarterbacks that are more experienced than Kyle Shermer is um, here at Vanderbilt. I mean, he started every game of his career since starting the final five games of his freshman season back in 2015, and uh, he's a guy who last year uh, became the, uh, the the all-time single-season touchdown leader, passing Jay Cutler in that category. I think he had, two years ago, the, the second-best junior season, or excuse me, last year, the second-best junior season in terms of passing yards of any Commodore. I mean, he's a guy who I think has, has really you've seen the improvement from year to year. Uh, I think going into this year, the offensive line will be better, which is good. They gave up a lot of sacks for Shermer last year, and then I think with back will be difficult, but they have some names that we're excited about. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is an Illinois transfer. Everybody's really excited about there to maybe step into a big role. And then, you know, the defense, they've got to get better on that side of the ball. They gave up a lot of points in SEC play last year. Didn't get to the quarterback a lot. Um, And I think the big question mark for me on that side of the ball will be the secondary. I mean, there were four senior starters there in the secondary. They will all be gone now guys like Jawan Williams will be a junior, has a lot of talent there um, at at the defensive back position, but seeing what they do there will be interesting, but, you know, I do think that there is some positivity here coming off the early signing period. Vanderbilt finished the early signing period, 27th in the country in terms of their uh, signing class, which is, you know, two years ago they they were in the 60s in their recruiting class, so they had a couple of four-star prospects sign with them in the early signing period. I think there's a lot of Good times on the horizon for the Commodores there. When you look at what the kind of talent they're bringing in. Now on the baseball side, uh, the baseball team kicks off practice this (laughs) for 2018 this Friday, Um, and uh, you know I I think obviously they're they're not used or they are very accustomed to replacing talent uh, under Tim Corbin. He's been a guy who has sent a number of guys uh, to the major leagues last year. Kyle Wright was a pitcher. Overall by the Atlanta Braves. I think 23rd overall was Jaron Kendall, an outfielder there who went to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And this year, I think the key of the season is going to be youth. Almost half the team is fresh. They've got a very big freshman class. It's the number one rated signing class in the country. Um, they have something like nine top 100 players. I mean, they, they have. In certain respect, to covered their uh, in Corbin's program. But you know, I, I think looking at them, how they how they deal with that. Uh, how they deal with that youth will be a, a storyline for me, and then how the junior class this year—guys like Julian and Fonte and Connor Kaiser and Jason DeLay i mean, are these, or, excuse me, um, Patrick Ravy are guys who I think will have to step up this year uh, as that junior class that was also, you know, brought in as a very highly talented signing class. Now you're a junior; you've got to kind of be a leader. And I think going into this year with a really tough schedule, they're going to have, you know. Playing ranked teams like UCLA and Louisville and TCU and Duke in the non-conference before going into what's always a deep SEC slate will be difficult for the Vanny boys. But you know, last year most fans would say it was a down year, but they still reached a super regional. We'll see what they can do with
0: 28. Yeah, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something about Vandy baseball. Uh, one of the local kids right here in Arlington, uh, Tate Colwick. You know, he signed with Vandy. I know a lot of Vandy fans are pretty excited to have Tate Colwick come on next year. I think I lost you there for a second. Okay. I have to repeat that. Um yeah, we uh you know, we're out of Memphis, we're out of Arlington. Uh, we have a local kid coming to Vanderbilt next year, Tate Colwick. He's already signed and everything. Take us into a little bit of next year's recruiting class for the Commonwealth baseball. Yeah, I am sorry I don't have that in front of
1: me, Mitch. I might have to skip on that question. Uh, I didn't realize that, that
0: was gonna be that was gonna be asked. Um, <laughs> Okay, Um, so next up, we're going to ask you, uh, what is your favorite Bryce Drew and Coach uh, Coach Mason moment and favorite all-time Vanderbilt and football basketball game? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. Working
1: out of school, um, it's been kind of fun. I mean, this is is certainly seeing things from the inside. Getting to know these coaches as people is always fun. I mean, I I will say that Derek Mason is exactly who you see he is on TV. I mean, he he wears his emotions on his sleeve. He's a guy who players, and, and he certainly is, is a really fun guy to work around. Bryce Drew is exactly the same. I mean, he's he garners immense respect from all of his players and coaches and staffers, and he's very easy to work with from our communication staff. But, you know, favorite moments I would almost tie into to the favorite games, just because I think last season was, was Bryce Drew's first at Vanderbilt, and they started the year 8-10 and, uh, and didn't look like they were going to make an NCAA tournament, turned things around, and were able to play very, very well down the stretch. I think my favorite game that year was probably beating Florida finals of the SEC tournament, uh, Vanderbilt swept for They were 3-0 against the Gators last year. Obviously, everybody knew how good the Gators were, and that was really fun to see them to see them beat the Gators in the SEC tournament. For Mason, I think in 2016, the season finale here at Vanderbilt Stadium was really fun. I mean, it was Thanksgiving weekend, Tennessee coming to town, Vanderbilt sat with five wins and needed a sixth-win free score eligibility for the first time uh, since since 2013 and went out and beat Tennessee, a ranked Tennessee squad, uh, and it was a time where, you know, had Tennessee won that game, they would have advanced to the Sugar Bowl, um, and instead they were, they were unable to reach the Sugar Bowl because of that loss, so that was a really, really big game, I think, for Derek Mason and for Vanderbilt to kind of get over the hump, reach a bowl game, and, you know, they're hoping in 2018 they can get back to another one.
0: Yeah, and this is the last question we're going to have for you. Know you're a busy guy. What are you most looking forward to heading into the grind of this SEC play in February? Heading into St. Louis for the basketball team. Yeah, you know it's
1: interesting. I mean, I, you mentioned St. Louis. I mean, the, the SEC tournament has been in Nashville for so long now. Has, I think it does three three seasons in Nashville and goes somewhere else. It does three seasons in Nashville again? Goes somewhere else. This year it's in St. Louis. So that that in itself. Will be fun to see how that kind of unfolds, not being at Bridgestone Arena. But you know, what, I'm just curious to see how in this the second half of the SEC season, if any teams toward the top of the SEC standings really do separate themselves. Right now, you kind of look and, and you wonder which teams are really the, the you know surefire number one seed, number two seeds when it comes to the SEC basketball tournament. Um, you have your Florida's obviously still still working at the top. Kentucky with all its freshman talent will always be dangerous. I think A&M is still good despite what was sort of a slow uh, SEC start. And, you know, Tennessee has, despite being picked, something like 11th in the league, I think the shot of camera where they were, has been really, really good uh, with a lot of great players. The Greg Barnes has done has done a great job there in Knoxville. So I, I'm just intrigued to see if any teams will separate themselves going into uh, – into the, the latter half of the SEC schedule and then going into St. Louis where, I mean, gosh, if, if this conference season has shown us anything, you hope that that SEC tournament, St. Louis, will be a lot of fun
0: from, you know, seats 1 through 14. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to that as well. We greatly appreciate you coming on the show. Looking forward to seeing you Saturday at the TCU Vanderbilt game. Absolutely, Mitch. Thanks for having me. Uh, have a great day. Bye-bye.